if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Thursday, the 29th morning, the penultimate morning of the month of October in the year of our Lord 2020. And we are now just four days away from, well, five technically, if we don't count today. Uh, if we do count today, it's five. Uh, from the most important and consequential election in the history of this great republic. We will decide whether we want to remain a republic. We will decide whether or not we want to remain a country rooted in constitution and capitalism versus a country that is going to be reborn as a socialist nation with the liberties hard fought and defended with the blood of patriots for 240 plus years, all being for naught. That is how consequential this coming Tuesday is. I've been saying that every day on the air for the last several days since I came back from illness, and I will continue to remind you of that because it is that important. All right, we've got a packed show today. The last couple of days, we've had a lot of time for a lot of great phone calls. Not as much today, uh, but try to squeeze in where you can. You just got to be listening. Listen for the op- opening and the opportunity at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Because we are loaded up today, as I say, uh, with uh, some great guests coming up in less than a half, less than a half an hour. Uh, at 935, we are going to be talking with Trump economic advisor Steve Moore. We missed him yesterday, and I'm kind of glad we did, because now we get him today. And today, Steve Moore, economic advisor to the president, can talk to us and explain to us and perhaps uh, revel a little bit in what we found out about the uh, state of the American economy, despite the massive state-by-state shutdowns in response to the Chinese coronavirus. Despite that huge blow to the economy in the last quarter, we have turned it around while the pandemic is still raging and while restrictions are still being put in place. Old restrictions still there and new restrictions still coming, and yet... The economy was and is on such solid footing that we have set new records for GDP growth. The United States economy grew at a rate of 33.1% in the last quarter. 
Now, does that mean all things are going great? No, 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 no. Because again, the shutdown, shutdowns multiple in multiple states are still going on. And governors like your governor here in the state of Ohio, Mike DeWine, are threatening new rounds of shutdowns where, once again, schools, businesses, only those deemed to be non-essential will all be closed. Everybody's going to be forced to shelter in place in the same nonsense that did nothing for us the last time around. They're going to be reimposed very likely. Already yesterday, Mike DeWine announced that state employees who can work with home are now under orders to work from home. Not for two weeks, not even for two months, but for the next seven months. State employees who can work from home who are not essential to be in state offices are now going to be ordered to stay at home and work until May 28th, seven months away. So new lockdowns, shutdowns, um, you know, overreaction to a virus with a 99.9% recovery rate are coming to try to continue to crush this economy. But nonetheless, in the last quarter, the gross domestic product, our our GDP, that's the measure of goods and services produced across the economy, surged by 33.1% in a quarter still ravaged by -by state-by-state shutdowns from July through September. And that's extraordinary. Now, like I said, it does not cure all of our ills. It does not right our ship. We are still in recession because of the ongoing ridiculous decisions I just described. But to see the economy grow at that rate uh, in, in the summer months, in the summer quarter, that's enormous. July, August, and September, to see it grow at that rate in the midst of the shutdowns and all of the other things that devastate economies is simply a remarkable thing to behold. Charles Payne, Fox uh, Business, uh, talked about it. It is absolutely remarkable. And let me tell you, I'm sitting here going through the data because the headline doesn't do it any justice. Uh, durable goods were up 45%. Non-durable goods, these are things we buy not for durable goods, essentially, are things we buy that we're going to own for three years or longer, like a refrigerator. Non-durable goods up 82%. Uh, domestic investing, this is what we did as, as people, not businesses, up 83%. Residential investing, homes, 59%. So what held us back? Obviously, we're not building. Yeah, 59%. I mean, these numbers are absolutely remarkable. What held us back, obviously, was government spending down 18%. Structures, which has been a long-going thing. You know, businesses mostly invest in technology rather than building new plants. They retrofit them for the 21st century. So this is a long-term trend that's been in place anyway. But if you look at the details, it's even better than the Look at the details better than the headlines. That's phenomenal um, analysis by Charles Payne. We're going to get more great analysis of that great GDP number and what it portends for the immediate and distant future if we allow the president's economic policies to remain in place, which means if we allow President Trump to get another four years coming up on Tuesday. If you want to take some giant steps backwards with higher taxes, massive business regulation, and a promise, a guaranteed promise by Joe Biden to shut the economy back down in order to deal with the virus. 
If you want to take massive steps backwards, then by all means, vote demon rat. If you want to continue that GDP growth, if you want to continue this recovery from the pandemic-induced uh, recession, then you continue with the, tra- the, the uh, trail that we are blazing right now toward that recovery with President Trump's policies. That's the bottom line. Dr. Everett Piper will join us at 1010 this morning and then at 1035 more on the Chinese coronavirus and on the state of Ohio's response to it. Jack Windsor has continued to do his intrepid reporting and journalism uh, in covering the state of Ohio and its ridiculous response, its partnership with partnership uh, Partners in Health, uh, which is a social justice organization making decisions not based on America or excuse me, Ohioans health or the health of the Ohio economy, but on their own personal projects we're going to get into all of it with jack windsor coming up at 10 35 so there you go steve moore from the trump uh, uh economic advisory team at 9 35 dr everett piper and um jack windsor will be on the program with us today all right so much news to get into today uh let's start with this although we've already started with the economic news i do want to hit this yesterday free speech was on trial if you will as conservative members of the uh, uh, um, Ohio, or excuse me, of the United States Senate Committee, grilled Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, and Google Google's CEO as well, who's a little bit less, and who shouldn't be, by the way, but a little bit less prominent in all of this. But more specifically, conservatives grilled these big tech overlords these free speech destroyers for their constant censorship and or suppression of conservative voices, both in office and those not in office, but particularly of um, uh, in the media sphere. If you are conservative, you have probably experienced this already. It's the reason I closed my Twitter account and I will no longer participate in their game. But yesterday, uh, conservatives grilled Dorsey and Zuckerberg in particular, while liberal Democrats on the Senate uh, committee did just the opposite. They cheered and called for more censorship, saying that we really need you, Facebook and Twitter CEOs, to tell your readers and users what's true and what's not true. With all of your expertise... Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey, we want you to decide what's real news and what's fake news when it comes to scientific studies and doctor analysis, physician analysis of the Chinese coronavirus and of masks and distancing and the impact of these things. We want you to be the deciders because we know that you, Mark Zuckerberg, who dropped out of college to form Facebook, and you, Jack Dorsey, a peyote-smoking or swilling uh, hippie from Silicon Valley, we know that you know more about medicine than the doctors you are censoring and the conservative Republican elected officials who are posting doctors' science that you don't agree with. We know that you know more than that, so you keep censoring. Liberal Democrats on that panel literally wanted more of it, especially when it comes to election interference. Because we know that you, Jack Dorsey, you long-bearded hippie piece of trash, you know what's real and what isn't real, and what is coming from a Russian source and what is coming from an American source. So we need you to censor anything that, uh, you know, like the New York Post, that Russian newspaper. 
the New York Post, which has run a serious expose for the last two and a half weeks on Hunter Biden's influence peddling, on Joe Biden and Jim Biden's profiteering off of illegal deals based only on the Biden name while he was vice president of the United States in at least three different foreign countries, including the most serious geopolitical opponent that the United States has in the world today, the greatest threat that we face, the Chinese Communist Party. The CHICOMs are a grave threat to the United States, and if Joe Biden becomes president, they will have him in their little communist pockets. And the New York Post isn't allowed to share that information on Jack Dorsey's Twitter feed. Jack Dorsey has shut them down. And liberal Democrats praise Jack Dorsey for doing so. It's the most bizarre thing in the history of, of, of American media. Both traditional, mainstream media, legacy media, and the new media that is social media. It is simply a remarkable thing to behold. And that's why it was so disgusting to listen to Democrats, and I know you don't like to watch these things on C-SPAN, I don't either, but I watched enough of it, to listen to the left-wingers who run these platforms, these, like I said, big tech Silicon Valley overlords like Jack Dorsey, telling us lies. He lied under oath before a congressional committee yesterday. Jack Dorsey did when he said his platform doesn't have the ability to influence the outcome of elections. And yet, he and his uh, uh, algorithm-producing fellow peyote uh, high liberal Silicon Valley freaks have censored only conservative Republicans. When pressed by Mike Lee to name a Democrat that they have put the, the vaunted uh, misinformation label over a tweet or actually suspended the Twitter account of a Democrat, he could not name one. Because it has not happened. That's why Ted Cruz jumped on his behind. And I'm going to have that audio for you. So it, free speech was essentially on trial yesterday. The right of conservatives to express their opinions and to offer scientific evidence that contradicts scientific evidence held by the far-left losers at Twitter and Facebook. And yes, I know they're multi-billionaires. You'd say the farthest thing from being a loser. Well, maybe they have been successful with their chicanery and with their evil methods. Yeah, they've been successful, but it doesn't make them any less losers in terms of what they are trying to do to the First Amendment of the United States, uh, to the United States uh, Constitution. All right, it's 921. We'll get a quick time out. I've got so much more, including police in Philadelphia telling the truth about the rioting. They can't stop it because they have been ordered to not stop it. That's right. 30 cops injured. Hundreds of businesses destroyed. The livelihoods of business owners and employees crushed. And they're not allowed to arrest any of them. I've got something for you on that as well as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you, if you are in the market for a new car, I want you to do the same thing that I want you to do on uh, on Tuesday, on Election Day. I want you to think about your country. 
And I want you to think about America. And I want you to think about what's right. Kowalski Ford and Avon Lake believes in America. They believe in what is right. They have the same conservative values you have. And they're going to vote. And I know because he is being very active and very proud about supporting the Constitution of the United States, our president, and our America First agenda. Now, that's not the only reason you go to a place and buy a vehicle. Buying a vehicle is a big expense. Buying a vehicle is a big decision. Absolutely. But what I'm here to tell you is you're going to get, A, a great selection of vehicles, B, an even greater price, and C, the peace of mind knowing that you just did business with an American company that believes in American values and supports the same thing you do. That's why you get to Kowalski Ford and Avon Lake on Lake Road, one mile west of Route 83. Kowalski Ford, just get there. Okay, nine twenty-six, AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I want to. Uh, I want to share this with you. It's just, um, you know, it's the third night of rioting. They literally called for a citywide curfew last night in Philadelphia, um, which is comical, comical, embarrassing, uh, ridiculous. However you want to phrase it. Quite frankly, they are calling for a cur- curfew, expecting the rioting thugs of Philadelphia to respect a police order of a curfew when police have been ordered not to arrest anybody who is violating the curfew or violating looting laws or violating vandalism laws or violating assault laws or violating arson laws. Obtained by Fox 29 News in Philadelphia, tweeted Steve Keeley from that news organization last night, Quote, directive from at Philly police executive team, extremely frustrated officers, both patrol and commanders, told me overnight they were ordered to not arrest looters, just disperse them. Car two is Deputy Police Commissioner Melvin Singleton, and that included included then an attachment that said, by the order of car two, the Deputy Police Commissioner, Philadelphia police will respond to priority calls only. This means no calls for disturbance, missing persons, stolen vehicles, burglary, or theft will be answered. Do you understand that? The police department in the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, has just surrendered control of the city to the thugs to the mob, to Black Lives Matter, to Antifa. If somebody steals your car, don't bother calling 911. Police will not be coming. If somebody robs your home or your business, do not call the police. No one will be coming. If a person in your family goes missing... Don't bother asking for help from law enforcement. Your calls will be ignored. I am not making any of that up. Quote, by the order of car two, which we established is the deputy police commissioner, Philadelphia police will respond to priority calls only. This means no calls for disturbance, missing persons, stolen vehicles, burglary, or theft will be answered. Philadelphia's law enforcement, at the behest of Philadelphia's Philadelphia's elected leadership, and we all know who Jim Kenney is, 
They have surrendered control of the city. It is no longer a city that has laws and or order. It is an anarchistic state now in Philadelphia. They have surrendered control. Leo Terrell was on Fox News last night talking about, well, exactly what that means. I'll tell you right now, and I want to be very clear because it really bothers me. This is not about George Floyd any longer. This George Floyd has been used by criminals. These were people who committed crime, and the man who was shot, he had a knife. He had a knife, and these officers have to defend themselves. What you're seeing out there, if there's a reason to vote for Donald Trump, you need to vote for Donald Trump because of what's going on in Philadelphia right now. Because if you want law and order, because this is happening in every Democratic city, and more importantly, what you see out there, those criminals, those rioters, what Dan said is correct. Those are Democrats. Those are Democrats. And what amazes me is why is Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris supporting these criminals? You know why? Because they have made a deal with the devil. They have made a deal with Antifa. They have made a deal with Black Lives Matter. And whenever a black man or a black woman is killed, justified, it doesn't make a difference. Rioting, criminal activity, it's okay if you're a Democrat. This is crazy. George Floyd's name is being misused for criminals to go out and create chaos. It's cr- and that is exactly right. Any time and every time there is a police officer involved shooting of an African American, that African American could hold an Uzi, could hold a submachine gun, could hold whatever it is. And if a police officer shoots them, now we get to go Christmas shopping early. Who's got the bricks? Who's got the pipes? Let's get to the stores. 9.30. We'll get news now. We'll come back and we'll talk about the good news of the gross domestic product in the summer quarter of July, August, and September. Steve Moore, economic advisor to the president, will tell us what all of that means in the short and long term to come. Coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 936. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer, 33% growth for the GDP in the summer quarter, July, August, and September. Because the headline doesn't do it any justice. Uh, Durable goods are up 45%. Non-durable goods, these are things we buy not for durable goods, essentially, are things we buy that we're going to own for three years or longer, like a refrigerator. Non-durable goods up 82%. Domestic investing, this is what we did as as people, not businesses, up 83%. Residential investing, homes, 59%. These are just some of the numbers being cited by Charles Payne as the GDP report came out this morning. He's on Fox Business and joining us now to dig even deeper inside those tremendous numbers is Chief Economic Advisor to the President of the United States, Steve Moore, back on AM 1420, The Answer here in Cleveland. Steve, good morning. Hi, good morning. And boy, what a blockbuster report that was. It would be amazing if uh, if voters, uh, you know, when we're when we're uh, riding on the back of Secretariat to change horses right now. I mean, this is a <laughs> Spectacular achievement. It really is. I mean, nobody thought this was possible. 33% growth, by the way, in one quarter. I went back all the way through recorded history. These numbers go back to around 1948 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the previous high quarter in the last 75 years or so was in 1950 when we had a quarter when we had 16% growth. I don't know what happened in 1950 because that, but this is uh, an amazing, amazing recovery. It just brings a smile to your face. America's back big time. We're growing much faster than any of the other countries that have been hit by coronavirus. Um, and it, it, by the way, the most incredible thing is this all happened without any, quote, government stimulus. 
In fact, government spending fell in the third quarter. So that means that the private sector growth was even more than 33 percent. Uh, and it was it was uh, all personal consumption. And it was also my favorite number in this was 83 percent increase in private investment. Eighty three percent. You know, investment is what you need, you know, to build your factories and your, you know, more equipment and more machinery and, and more technology. And uh, that's a spectacular uh, number. And by the way, we also saw a reduction in the number of first-time claims for unemployment insurance. So the economy is, is coming back as rapidly as anybody, even, you know, I'm a wild-eyed optimist. I didn't think we'd see numbers like this. Steve Moore is our guest, Chief Economic Advisor to the President and the President Pence uh, 2020 team. Um, you know, it, it's remarkable to me because not only in the summer months did we have the most severe impact of the uh, the restrictions, the shutdowns, right. the limitations, et cetera, et cetera. Right. There's no way it should have come back this fast. But to come back this fast in the midst of you know the the, the pandemic still raging, uh, overreactionary you know governmental leaders, particularly yeah. Yeah. particularly governors, yeah. uh, keeping their states yeah. on these restrictions in the face of all of that yeah. to have it be so big. I mean, if we had grown, if the GDP would have grown, let's just say. It half that rate rate it still would have been a record for a quarter at 16 and a half percent but it grew at double that in the midst of the the ongoing lockdowns and steve over the course of the last you know couple of months there has been a prediction of a huge spike in coronavirus cases when the flu season started and yeah. more and more yeah. businesses were still uh, uh 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 slowing down or locking down or limiting capacity etc so despite all of that for it to be yeah. this enormous <laughs> i just feel like it's unprecedented it's you can't you can't well, fathom that Right. I mean, and remember also what was going on. Look, I mean, there's a lot there to chew on, as you just said, and it's all mm-hmm. true. So let's just look at parts of that. First of all, remember also what was happening in the in the summer months was with the rioting of the city. You know, by the way, we're seeing the riots again, uh, you know, in De- of course, in blue states with Democratic mayors and Democratic governors because they can't keep people safe. And so uh, you're, you saw, you know, destruction of property. Uh, in businesses in the city. Uh, I was in Chicago uh, a couple days ago, which is my hometown, and, you know, it's so sad to see, you know, so many of the businesses just boarded up, and and then they they put new... The other thing is that um, almost all of the growth was in the red states. The blue states have not grown. They have the high unemployment rate. When I was in Chicago, this idiot governor there, Pritzker, again, is imposing new lockdown orders. I mean, here we are nine months into pandemic. The one thing we've learned, you know, we're learning as we go along about this once in a century pandemic. But the one lesson everyone agrees on is that lockdowns were a huge mistake and they did not stop the spread of the disease. They did not reduce deaths whatsoever. And yet here they are. They're doing it again. They're trying to lock down. It's almost like they're trying to paralyze the economy. Uh, so given that, you know, so many of these Democratic governors like Cuomo and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it, Wolf in Pennsylvania and so on were doing so much damage to the economy, we would have grown by 50 percent if we had had some help from Democratic governors, but we didn't get it. We're talking to Steve Moore, economic advisor to the president. You mentioned, uh, you know, the quip about not changing riders on, when you're riding secretariat down the stretch. Uh, agreed wholeheartedly. But let's talk about what happened if we were to do that. You know, uh, Joe Biden at that debate opened a can of worms that he's still been trying to put the lid back on when he said, yes, I want to transition right. away from oil. He has also, of course, talked about banning fracking and then said, no, I didn't mean it, then said, yeah, I did. Uh, and, and, of course, his uh, transition away from fossil fuels is what his vice president, what many people feel like uh, will be the president if they win, uh, what she is for, because we're talking Green New Deal. Can you put numbers 
on what would happen in a Biden presidency in which the first thing he said he would do is repeal the Trump tax cuts. And that's for everybody from lower middle class all the way up to uh, the, you know, the, 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 uh, the one percent, if you will. But he's going to eliminate the Trump tax cuts. He's going to eliminate the, the uh, D rather he's going to reenact regulations uh, and roll back the deregulation of the president, as well as, as I say, embrace um, uh, a Green New Deal style of economy. Can you put numbers on that or at least give us an idea of what that will look like in the short term, Steve Moore, and in the long term, if a Biden presidency and a Democratic senator sworn in? Well, again, there's a lot there. So let me start by saying that one of the ironies of the shale oil and gas boom, and by the way, you're, you're obviously right in the center of that there in Ohio, is that um, yeah. we would not have had any recovery whatsoever when, when Obama and Biden became president. It, it, the recovery that happened in the country had nothing to do with Obama and Biden's policies. They were actually negative for the economy. What caused the recovery was the spectacular uh, revolution in oil and gas drilling. And it was in Ohio, it was in Pennsylvania, it was in West Virginia, it was in Texas, it was in Oklahoma, it was in North Dakota, parts of Colorado, parts of California. I mean, literally, the oil and gas um, industry lifted the entire U.S. economy on its shoulder and carried it forward. And so uh, here we are, you know, 10 years later, and, and these, I'm going to call it lunatics, crazy people. I mean, why in the world would we want to shut down our oil and gas production? It, it makes zero sense. We have... We are the world's leader in oil and gas production, and because of fracking and because of horizontal drilling and these incredible new technologies, we remember people. Do you remember when people used to say the liberals and Obama used to say this all the time? We have to stop being reliant on oil and gas because we're running out of it. Remember that? Sure, sure. Yeah. That, that's I mean, exactly they, right. They, yeah, they said, "Oh, we're running out of oil and gas." We're not running into out of oil and gas. We've run into it big time. We have 500 years worth of oil and gas and coal in this. And, coal, and, by the and, way. and for the first time in American history, we are a net exporter of energy. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's exactly. remarkable how wrong so, they were. I, I mean, it's it's almost, I, when I hear people say that the polls are close in Ohio, I'm like, really? How could that be? I mean, Ohio is an oil and gas. It'd be like, you know, a politician going to Nebraska and saying, we should stop growing corn. I mean, you know, it's just a very <laughs> foolish policy. Well, natural gas, by the way, which is what you produce there in Ohio, natural gas is a wonder fuel. It is abundant. It's made in America. It's incredibly cheap. It's incredibly reliable. And it's clean burning. It reduces pollution. It doesn't increase pollution. Can, can you explain to me why the environmentalists are against natural gas? Yeah, no, you're right because it burns clean. It does not. Uh, it does not. Uh, you know, have a carbon footprint, if you will. And and you know, despite our our growing expansion during the Trump administration of uh, fossil fuels and and particular in particularly fracking and and becoming a net exporter, we still managed to undercut the numbers that were once called for by the Paris Climate Accords for the United exactly. States. We we didn't need to be a part of any international accord for us to just do things the right way. We still have a lower carbon output than any of the other countries that signed on to that accord, which, by the way, were not required uh, to to meet those same standards. And that's what Joe Biden has promised to get us back into. Again, what that would do to our economy, which is your wheelhouse, uh, it's it has to it's astronomical. Well, we'd be kneecapping our economy. And by the way, it's not just the oil and gas industry that caused the revival. I mean, in other words, it wasn't just the, the, the shale boom. What it did was it caused, you know, you know, millions of new oil and gas drilling jobs, but it also had 
it reverberated throughout the economy. So you're there in Ohio, which is an industrial state. You know, you produce a lot of uh, manufacturing. Well, think about what it meant for our manufacturing sector, right? When we all of a sudden, guess what country in the world has the lowest energy prices today? We do. <laughs> we do. Because we have so much, you know, cheap natural gas and the oil is cheap now. I mean, by the way, folks, if you want 4 and $5 a gallon gasoline, when you go to the pump, vote for Joe Biden. Because you're going to get that. You know, they're going to shut down our oil and gas. And the other thing I would say about this is, who do you think in the world would be the biggest cheerleader for the United States shutting down our oil and gas production? Uh, China. Well, China. I would say China. Russia. Putin, right? Because, you know, the only thing that keeps sure, the Putin too, economy yeah. going. You know, Putin, think about this. If we shut down our natural gas production, then Putin has a, basically a monopoly. And, and then he's going to control all of, your, all of the energy supply in Europe is now going to come from Russia rather than the United okay. States. That's not just bad economically. It's going to kill our it, – it's a national security threat. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, it's just, it's just dumb. You know, and by the way, Germany tried 10 years ago. This is a story that a lot of people in the, in the, it won't tell. Germany tried the green energy, renewable energy stuff 10 years ago. You know what happened? It almost bankrupted the country. And they, they, they said, this stuff doesn't work. We're going back to, you know, using coal and oil and gas. And so it's been tried. It doesn't work. And yet we're going to follow the losers. No, we should produce whatever energy works. I'm in favor of nuclear. I'm in favor of natural gas. I'm in favor of oil, coal. We have clean coal. I mean, oil, Ohio is a coal-producing state, or it used That's to right. be. You know, but... So, uh, you know, Clean coal technology our, uh, took something that was already great and made it even better because it does have yep. uh, less pollution, and and that is something that uh, the left doesn't want. And and then the last thing I'll ask you here, Steve, about this again, <clears throat> going back to the election, Joe Biden has all but called for a national shutdown. He has already said, look, you know, President Trump doesn't have a plan on how to deal with the virus. He said we have to learn to live with it. Actually, people are learning to die with it. Blah blah blah. First thing I'll do when I come in is I will shut it all down again if that's what the science tells me to do. Well, we all know that the science is all over the place on this. He is going to shut it down again, asking you to do the impossible by putting numbers on things like GDPs. But you know, we're looking at this thirty-three percent growth from July, August, and September. What can we forecast if we do indeed have a Biden victory on Tuesday and promises of shutting down the nation's economy again, but perhaps even even more thoroughly than we did the first time. Well, I have total faith in the uh, the wisdom of the voters of the Midwest because it's states like Ohio and Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin that are going to you know decide the fate of our country. And you know, I don't want to sound too apocalyptic, but but I do believe that you know if Biden is elected. Uh, and, he, and if Biden were to do the things that he said he's going to do, shut down American oil and gas production, a $4 trillion tax increase, uh, go back to heavy regulation of our economy, um, I, I believe that we will have a, a very, very, very severe recession with millions and millions of Americans losing their jobs. And I pray at night. I really do. I pray at night that Americans make the right decision. This is, a, this is an election of gigantic consequences. This is not a little deal. This is a big, big deal. And, you know, I, I would say this, too, you know, and I never thought I would say this, because, you you know, you cut me, I bleed red, white, and blue. I love this country. But if we put in place the Biden economic agenda, the new economic superpower in the, in the world will be China, not the United States. Exactly. We will surrender. We will willingly surrender our economic superpower status because we'll shut down our own gas. We will massively increase taxes on American companies. I mean, Biden's plan doesn't raise the taxes. On other countries, he, he, he puts the taxes on us. 
it's just it's, it's an economic uh, dose of cyanide. Yeah, that's why I picked China when you asked me that question before about who the biggest beneficiary yeah, is going to be. Oh, China, no, no. China, you and you, you mentioned Putin and Russia, and you're right. Yeah, but, but and that doesn't even yeah, take that into account. That doesn't even take into account what the Chinese Communist Party has on Joe Biden with respect to these unbelievably corrupt business dealings, which uh, the mainstream media is ignoring. That's that's not your your part of the story here, but that's that's another thing. We he will be in the pocket, the little communist pocket of the Chinese oh, if uh, if Joe Biden well, wins the presidency. Because, you know, that's how he gets. That's how he's made all his money. Bingo. In China. Exactly. People and his entire family. By the way, the Hunter Biden story is not a story about Ukraine. It's a story about uh, Biden's connections and the money he's taken from China. That's right. China, as well as Ukraine, as well as Kazakhstan, too. But China would be the biggest threat in terms of what they have over him. Steve Moore, economic advisor to the president. Great stuff. We covered a lot of ground there, Steve. I really appreciate your insight and analysis. Thank you, sir. Your your, your responsibility is to deliver Ohio for us on, on Tuesday night. We're going to do our best, sir. You probably can promise you that. Yeah. We will okay, do our very sure. level best. Thank you. 951, we'll get out and come back in on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 956. Thanks again to Steve Moore. Great information there about the American economy and the outlook for the coming quarter, well, the current quarter, and the coming quarters on the heels of the uh, summer quarter record 33% growth in GDP. Simply amazing. Um, and what we can expect on the flip side if we screw it up on, on Tuesday. If we elect a socialist in waiting, um, and that is Kamala Harris, she is the socialist, and she is in waiting. She will be just waiting her turn uh, to take over for Joe Biden once the 25th Amendment is, uh, uh, is, uh, is invoked. And Joe Biden, who is not capable of, of carrying through at age 78 and in mental decline, cognitive decline, that socialist in waiting will indeed enact all of the things that Steve Moore just warned us about. Now, if you're looking for good news, I'm going to have it for you after the top of the hour. <clears throat> last Tuesday, not two days ago Tuesday, but last Tuesday, Peter Kersenow gave us some information that um, needs to be spread. Um, it's information that he himself has gathered through a multitude of sources. He's a researcher by trade, you know, in terms of being an attorney. Uh, and in terms of being a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, uh, this is what he does. He digs deep inside numbers, and he digs deep inside facts, and he comes to conclusions. And he gave us last Tuesday some extraordinary positive news in the face of all of the extraordinary negative news about the polling, right? The reason the the Liberal polling services do what they do, which is oversample Democrats, is because they want to dispirit conservative Republican voters. They did this during uh, the Bush years, too, and they're certainly doing it during, doing it during the, Trump, the two Trump elections. They're trying to dispirit the conservative Trump voters into thinking, we can't win. Biden's up seven points in this battleground state. He's up five points in that battleground state. He's up nine points in that battleground state. He's up six points overall. We can't win. I'm not standing in that line Tuesday. It's wrapped around four city blocks. I'm not standing in that line. No way. 
It's, it's over. We lost. That's what they try to do. They try to dispirit you. But what Peter did was look far, far past those polls and into some other numbers that you need to hear. And maybe you did hear them two, you know, Tuesdays ago. But you need, to, you need to listen, and you need to share them. You need to record it. You need to take notes. After the top of the hour, we, we were going to talk to Dr. Everett Piper. I just spoke with him. He's got a conflict. He cannot come on this morning. So what we're going to do in his place is I'm going to share with you. And by the way, the numbers Peter gave us two Tuesdays ago um, have been expanded upon since then. He has not stopped working. He has given me more. And I'm going to share information with you that you need to know to revive the enthusiasm and revive the spirit of those who are supportive of the Constitution, of capitalism, and of country. If you are a supporter of those things, you are a supporter of President Trump, and this information will be invaluable to you and others who may be feeling the weight of the negative polling that we continue to see. So I've got some information you cannot miss right after the top of the hour news. Stay right here on AM 1420, The Answer. 